Happy Friday, everybody. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. We're going to start this weekend off the right way with some really awesome vibes, really great messages for life and for everything. Before I introduce my guest today, we're going to start with our quote of the day, one in which I've heard my guests say many times has had a profound impact on me. And it is, don't wish things were easier, wish you were better. Sound familiar? Sure does. Sure does. You want to elaborate on that for just a moment before we before we go any further? Um, There's well, going to be a lot of these today, so get your notepad out. We we got a lot of a lot of good content today. Well, I definitely say that's something I repeat to myself every day because I yeah. believe the resistance is real, and no matter what's happening, even if your life is awesome, everything's going the way it should. There's always going to be that resistance, which yeah. I feel is your counter purpose. We have a purpose. And we have to have the resistance. So whenever I hit that, and uh, something I encourage our students at Sun Dojo to do as well, is just say, hey, don't wish it was easier. Find a solution. Get yeah. out of your head. Think about something different. Move your body. And, and, and find a solution rather than just wallowing in this, right. wah, wah, which right. we can all go to, and myself included. Right. We t- it's discussed so many times that the negative energy is always there. You can choose to go towards that. Yeah. But the positive energy is always there, too. And you can choose to go towards that. And I've heard many times it said the mind has a negative bias. So it's right. easier. Like that's kind of the resistance, right? It's like. Yeah, it's it, crazy. It's like, you got two two legs at work. You wake up. The sun rose today. I mean, we can all celebrate these yeah, things, yeah, yeah. but you forget it. And you're like, uh, oh, my toe you know, hurts. Small, small, <laughs> insignificant yeah. things. But I think of if life, if we just felt that gratitude every second of every day, we wouldn't be pushed to do anything. So we need that yeah. struggle. Otherwise, why bother? Right. So you have right. to embrace it. Boy, this is starting out hot fire. Like I said, <laughs> get your notepad. This is just the beginning. There's going to be a lot. So before we go any further, I'd love to introduce my guest this week, Professor Laurel Carroll. She is my jujitsu instructor, uh, neighboring business owner to uh, a couple of my businesses in Windsor Terrace. Awesome human being. Uh, just going to read a little bit about her and then I'll let her digress on that. So she was born and raised in City Island in the Bronx and attended LaGuardia High School for the <laughs> Fine Art in Manhattan. After the fall of the Twin Towers, she started acupuncture school where she met her future husband. She went on to practice acupuncture for 10 years before focusing her energy on her family martial arts school in 2016. She dabbed in martial arts for many years before training kickboxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She earned her black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu from Stuart Carroll, Professor Stuart Carroll. She is the mother of two daughters and lives with her family in Brooklyn. Welcome. Thank you. Happy Friday. It's so cool to have you here. Such an honor. Uh, thank you so much. I'm why super don't honored? Yeah, uh, thank you. So why don't we start by uh, having you talk about wh- where you grew up and what life was like in City Island and the Bronx and New York at that time, and and kind of how maybe that influenced your direction towards the martial arts. Well, City Island was kind of the. It's about kind of called the Riviera of the Bronx. It's a weird <laughs> seafaring community right. in the edge of the Bronx. Lots of seafood, right? Lots of crappy seafood, to be <laughs> honest, you know, and could use a nice, good restaurant. Oh, there, but well, we'll, we'll there, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's a small community. You know everybody, mm-hmm. which is good and bad. The doors are open, and it's a very kind of isolated community. Right. We spend a lot of time. As kids, I go to school, come home. Everybody, I used to walk to the babysitters all the way across the island. It was a very safe little enclave mm-hmm. and weird you know it's one of the f- everybody has a nickname you know there's whitey and 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 crazy mary and like Jimmy a million shoe and stuff like that yeah definitely <laughs> i mean there's definitely a bunch of characters yeah, if you yeah, know what i mean absolutely there's a lot of guidos and as a teenager i i mean i love i have no problem my family's italian and as a kid um Somehow it was all I about getting like, off the rock i feel like you could defend yourself if anybody got upset by that statement well yeah <laughs> i mean I, i'm all about the love right i'm yes. not trying to say anybody's bad or good it's just that city island is we used to call it the rock and we do everything possible as teenagers to get off the rock mm-hmm. and we would bus train i went to high school in manhattan as you know i had to escape but there was good times we did a lot of hanging out and a lot of swimming out to boats and like the classic story is we'd put our cigarettes in our hair yeah, and yeah. barrette them into our banana clips and we'd swim like a mile out and sit on boats. And that was something we, we did a lot. And, um, but it was a safe community. And I went to Catholic school for a year. 
in Westchester because the schools around us were just not really, yeah. my parents were like, oh no. Because mm-hmm. we used to go to Catholic school, we used to go to dances and there'd literally be like Albanian shootouts at the local school. I, I went, I've seen this multiple times. Um, but our, our island was very safe. But then that being said, so I spent a year in Catholic school and it was a breaking point for me. It was a turning point. It was saying, you know what, this sucks. In, in terms of what? Um, well, I had big hair at the time and I didn't want to get rid of my big hair. I think everybody had big hair. But well, had, no, I not had. the preps. Okay. So there was a little bit of a dichotomy I had, there. I had big hair back then too. I'm not surprised. You still have big beard hair sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't fit in. I didn't feel right. So I started at, at the at Catholic both? school. Oh, in, in City Island. Oh, City Island felt right. Okay. That was, that was a weird, weird insular environment. Mm. And then heading out to the school in Westchester just didn't feel right. right. I was going to these lavish banquets for sweet 16s mm. and there was like the Viennese table and right, Porsches. Right. and Totally foreign. Right? Yeah, yeah. I just, I had no friends. I used to sit with like one Vietnamese exchange student and I was just like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> and then I co I became friends with a girl named Maria Manganello and we used to just break out. We called the nun Q tip and we'd run and we'd jump <laughs> on the bus. Anyway, long story short, I went to LaGuardia. I got myself out of there. And I, I was like, you know what? I can't take it at this complacency. I can't yeah. fit in this fit myself in. And now in hindsight I probably could have been just fine. I would have adapted. But it was good to know that I had the power to make the exit. Yeah, but you have, I think you have to listen to that fire sometimes. Definitely. And, and make a move. Yeah. It's, especially at that point in your life, you know, it's, it's unstable feeling as it is, you know, it is. being a, a teenager. And then uh, I think just creating that environment where you feel like you can, you can grow and thrive is really important. Uh, yes. You feel, I, I went through a lot of that too. I went to a bunch of different public schools and they all sucked. <laughs> I didn't feel at home at any of them. Yeah, uh, that's the sense of feeling at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it, and it led to me dropping out of two school, two high schools, you know, and not even getting a high school diploma. I wow. rebounded. I made it. I made it happen. But clearly, yeah. yeah. Um, so talk talk to us about Laguardia. What did you What did you do at Laguardia? I mean, it's it's kind of a different. Or was it at the time? Was it? I don't. You know, I didn't go to high school in New York, so I don't mm. know if it was as diverse as it is now. It's extremely diverse. Yeah. And from where I came from, it was a whole big eye opener. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I wasn't used to hang out with so many different people. But I quickly made a group of friends, and I think the biggest thing I learned from high school was that I can commute from the Bronx and get up at six, you know, kick the bus and the train and another bus and walk across town. And I was resilient. I felt like, you mm. know, I could handle this. I didn't think I could. It was a tough time too. It was not the like trains the were crazy. safest time and in hey, New we're, York history. And hey, we're back. <laughs> it feels the same. I feel like I'm back in the, in the early. Right now? The, yeah, I do. And I've heard so many people say it's that. It's freaky to yeah. me, honestly. But this is where self-defense came in for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'd always be some flasher at the subway station. I was going to say, it wasn't because of the Albanian shootouts? And <laughs> well, uh, well, that played a part a little in bit. it, too. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just the city was rough. You know, yeah. Alphabet City was nuts. The Tompkins mm-hmm. Square Revolt, I was there. I was, like, partying next door to it. And there was a lot of stuff going down. And I think what really helped me grow as a human was understanding the street smarts. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, hey, I see things go down. I used to think you'd want to stick around and look for it but no because guns come out and things right, happen right. and i remember running down the back streets with the skadanks because it was at their show and a mm-hmm. gunfire broke out and we were nearest to the back door like i am running right. i'm not sticking around to look at stuff casual victim of any silliness no, like that that ends no. up like all your awesomeness real quick right yeah i mean you just got to be street smart and i think the quicker we can raise our children to be street smart anywhere in any situation and not like oh there's doom and gloom around every corner but right. hey mm-hmm. know who's cr- know know your crazies understand the crazies We're and guess able what to point it out and be yeah. like yo that's crazy <laughs> yeah hey don't stick around right you know we can move and it's also i mean it, it's good for resiliency if you are going to branch out on your own and be your own your own boss you got to have you got to have some thick skin and and seeing you got to know your people then seeing a lot of that stuff will help you if you're coming like straight out of school and you you've been incubated in some school environment and you didn't grow up seeing anything kind of crazy and all of a sudden boom right because the vultures are coming after you no matter i see that yeah Yeah, i I mean i see people who move to the city and they feel that it's a you know don't want to offend anybody and Mm -hmm. i've seen even one of our students walking down the street with a crazy person behind them and she just put her head down right and she just like slumped down the block. I was like, oh, no, Mm-mm. you cross the street with me like we are going over there. Yeah. You know, it's like a different approach. And it's not like saying everybody uh, you just have to know good and but evil. You, I mean, it, and it, this has been said a lot of times in the in the dojo, too. Like what point in history would it have been OK, like in human history to like 
put your head down and not be aware of like craziness. If you weren't running from no. wild animals, it was other humans who were just, they were going to do whatever they were going to do because. Well, freeze they, is they a common savages. physiological response to fear, right? So we freeze, always think yeah. about flight and yeah. fight, but freeze is much more common and you see it yeah, all the time. these days. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a human, it's just not talked about as much, but it's a very much a human response to stress. Yeah. You know, and it's just all, like, all things, you have to train it mm-hmm. to get through right. it. You right. have to train it. Um, yeah. We'll, we can get into that a little more later, too. This, yeah. I feel like this could go on forever. This is going to be one of those epic <laughs> shows. You don't have another show, right, after this, Sam? <laughs> you, we got like three-hour Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, no, man. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be thirsty. <laughs> well, there's water. Yeah, lots of water. Um so did you did you study anything in particular at LaGuardia? Um, I did fine art. And what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> to me, that means um, it was like four periods a day of painting. Oh, okay. So you were doing visual. We art. We were doing visual yeah, art. Yeah, we nice. were doing uh, new drawing. Literally in high school, mm-hmm. we had new drawing. Well, we had some that character flasher, teachers. Find, yeah. find flasher on the train. I already <laughs> sketched it, Miss. Uh, you were like, "Hey, we can actually make you some money." <laughs> Mister said, "I already did this on the subway coming <laughs> yeah. in. I'm sorry, I don't have to do it." <laughs> I think about the teachers that I had that I really, really think about like the most. And there was one, Mr. Aceta, if anybody went to LaGuardia High School, he was just like that, you know, he was just so strict. Yeah. He had to be in on time. And I always had these the art teacher that was strict. Oh, my gosh. That's, odd. That's so he would, odd. He was so uber strict. But like he, I flourished in his class. Great. And when I thought about Great. later on, like what I what was best about high school was like, wow, Mr. Seto was such a whip cracker, but I put out so much art under him and so much painting and it was interesting. Well, that, that kind of coincides with another saying I've heard many times is that the freedom is in the discipline. Mm-hmm. So a lot of artists, like I went to school for music and surrounded by art and this like abandonment of discipline often, just like I have to be creative. And, right. Uh, when I was in school, I would hear that too. When I was in college for music, a lot, some of the professors would say that. And to me, it was four. And I was like, no, yeah. I gotta be a rebel. I gotta be a creator, you know? Yeah. And then it came full circle when I started martial arts. And I was like, oh shit, this is for real. Like, right. I should have listened the first time around. It's funny because, how it hits you at different levels yeah, big time. throughout your life. You're like, oh, that's what that meant? And that, that's been my experience in the martial arts, just in general. It's like, it, it, everything that I heard for the, the first nearly 40 years of my life, I ignored, right. <laughs> you know, it was like that woodpecker tapping and I'm just like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden in the context of, of self-defense mm-hmm. and the physical movement and the mental and everything, then it, then it all kind of came together and I was like, oh man, I fucked up so many things by not. But that was what you needed time. to do. It's what it, it, it had you need to the happen. contrast. Yeah. 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 And that, that it all, it, it's all, that's been the story for me for the last four years since, since meeting you all and and hopping in and it's been it's been really amazing so we're going to take a short break we'll digress on that a little more when we come back you're listening to the entrepreneurial web we'll see you in a few minutes (laughs) you're listening to the talking alternative network listening to the talking alternative network are you stuck in a rut negative thoughts feelings and conversations got you down hi i'm noreen sumter the potentiator tune in every tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m eastern time and listen for new ideas on my show beyond potential live life your way on talkradio.nyc are you a conscious co-creator are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
What's up, everybody? We're back. You're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, here with my special guest, Professor Laurel Carroll. Before we move on, just want to give some shout outs. Facebook Live, John Callahan. What's up, Tim? What's happening, Kyle? The martial arts family's in the house. Kyle, if you ate all that candy, boy, you're going to do some burpees. (laughs) Mauricio, what's going on, Craig? What's up? What's up, Rob Merritt? What's up, Mary Condi? How you doing? If you're watching, please share the video on Facebook. So... We were talking about jujitsu and the, the major impact that it well, particularly had on me starting at nearly 40 years old, hearing these messages all my life, whether it was in the restaurant industry, whether it was in the music industry, constantly trying to hone skills and, and master certain things and then hitting jujitsu at almost 40 years old, hearing the same messages and finally going, oh, that's what it meant. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it had a lot to do with the pressure, too. The, the, the particular amount of pressure that, that comes with, with jiu-jitsu, especially. I mean, a lot of martial arts have it, but another great saying, get your pen and paper out again. There will be a quiz at the end, especially <laughs> if you quizzes. go to Sun Dojo. Um, <laughs> get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. Like you said at the beginning, the pressure is real. The resistance is real. Instead of trying to find a shortcut out like, ooh, I'm going to slip this. I'm going to slip this. It's like, no, I'm going to face it. I'm going to figure out a solution because it's coming. It's coming back. Like yeah. hunger, hunger shows up every day, right? Yeah. Tired shows up every day. We make adjustments. But then there's these other things in our lives. We may think we're superficial or not, but they're, they're coming. They're real and it affects us. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and I feel like when I felt that physical pressure... Like me, literally, the, somebody's yeah, mounted yeah, like, you like, or like Tim, chest on chest. Like Tim, who's watching right now. He was a big part of that. I loved him. I loved him, too. <laughs> Tim's a big guy. I'm a little guy. Tim was always on top of me. And I was like, <gasps> like how, this pressure is real. And right. so you go through that, and then you stand up at the end of class, and there's this message, and you're kind of like gasping for breath. Your mm-hmm. mind is scrambling. You're like looking for a solution. And then mm-hmm. you hear that message, and you're like, it's it's just like like the 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 spear going through you cool. mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's what it meant all this time right. you know and, and well, everybody I, pops at like a different level there's levels yeah. of popping that happen and i think every belt really signifi- signifies a new level of understanding like a peeling mm-hmm. away you know, a true martial artist, I believe it's inside already. It's right. just being Absolutely. revealed. You know? Absolutely. So I totally agree. As you're shedding those layers mm-hmm. and it's becoming closer and closer to who you really are, mm-hmm. I think the truisms hit you at different places. Right. And Well, they've hit me at every level. Like my second class, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, what? And and so just to give a little brief history on my martial arts and how it how I ended up here with this shirt on, with that shirt on. Um, like all kids growing up in the 70s and 80s, I was into karate because <laughs> the karate kid and American Ninja movies and all that great stuff. And when I was about 10, we moved to Norfolk, Virginia, where my mom is from. And Chuck Norris actually had two studios there. I've looked them up and they're the only two Chuck Norris. Really legitimately. His, yeah. Like it has his franchise. name. Yeah. It's like uh-huh. Chuck Norris karate school or whatever. There was one in Norfolk and one in Virginia Beach. And I kind of dabbled in both of them over a 10 year period, like very inconsistently. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, like when I started again, I was like, oh, what? let me see where else he has schools. And like, I couldn't find any. Those are the only two that showed up. It was really strange. I believe he has many. I'm sure he's associated with yeah. like many, but that was the only one I could find. that was like the Chuck Norris school. But that was that was, as you know. That was the that era was of the day. It was like Chuck Norris, American right. Ninja, Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio. Well, I can't tell you how many famous martial artists uh, or successful, extremely successful martial artists have all come back to that point where there's that that image of the ideal, the Chuck, the, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. the Bruce Lee tacked to the wall. Billy Blanks told me that mm. specifically. I, I grew up and all I did, I found a picture of Bruce Lee. I tacked him up on my wall. Even, you know, how many famous martial artists can go back to some some icon from from the from you know he yeah, represents your all martial yeah, artists when, for thousands right. and thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of years of course he did it to he was able to bring it to the stage and he was able to really showcase martial arts and make it more popular but he represents the martial arts for eons yeah and how can he do that so everybody remembers that moment where it's like oh i gotta do this thing this is 
this is something I have to fulfill on. Well, I didn't for a long time. That was kind of the point. Is like, but that's part I, of it. I right? dabbled in it, and and then yeah. some like uh, some Tai Chi, combat based Tai Chi and yoga, combat and stuff. based Tai Chi. Yeah, it was really strange. We were doing we Curious. were doing staff work. <laughs> it was it was all these katas and strikes, but it was Tai Chi. Right. Um, it was very slow. You know, it wasn't it wasn't aggressive at all. But it was definitely it's true. Like, it is supposed to be sped it, up it, and be a, a kata. Yeah, form it was for striking. it was a, a type of self defense. But we were I, I was you know. I didn't do it for more than three months consistently. Mm-hmm. So we never got out of the, the very basic mm-hmm. level, which was quite slow. And then uh, and then my brother got into um, jujitsu in the mid 90s. I was grown at this point. I was already like running restaurants and, and managing bands. My brother was a little younger. He was a wrestler and got into jujitsu, mm-hmm. you know, in like 95, 96 when the, when the UFC, UFC and all that stuff hit. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at it and being like, uh, yeah, I want no part of that, especially the way him, him and his friends uh, presented it to me. I was like, you're all a bunch of knuckleheads. Right. And so just abandoned it and just kept like, you know, being athletic and working out and running. But then when you all opened simultaneously when I was doing all my businesses, it, you know, it was put in front of me again. And that memory came back like I always Chuck. wanted to do I want to be Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> Who doesn't Chuck's, want to be Chuck? Chuck's tough. I love like the memes and stuff about Chuck Norris <laughs> those, right yeah, now. They're so kicks. serious. Like, well, well, then there's Chuck Norris, and that's yeah. just, like completely unattainable. But that that was always there. Um, and and I remember uh, Professor Carroll saying to me, "You should you should come in and do an intro. You mm-hmm. should come in and do an intro." And I'm like, I just opened four businesses, and I was like, "That's the person who needs it the most." Like, really. Well, I didn't realize that at the time, but I just remember <laughs> thinking, "This guy is crazy." And and I, it, but I was kind of attracted to that. And then I remember doing my intro and, and I kind of feel like a dick in hindsight because I was like, I, I got to leave my phone on. I got to leave my ringer on because like I got a lot of stuff going on. I just got to be able. And he was just like, yeah, whatever. Come in. And like 15 minutes, you know, like I didn't hadn't hadn't put that brain, that that hard drive space aside yet. Mm-hmm. And and love the intro. It was great. Did did my first class. And and by the end of my second class, I was like. I'm going to do this. I will rearrange my schedule. I will make this happen. And it was it was just like an epiphany to me. Mm-hmm. It was really great. And and you know, something was said with a new student the other night. I mentioned it to you where she said, you know what I love about this is I can't think about anything else. Like there's somebody in front of me throwing strikes. I can't afford this was a, a young person too, it was pretty pretty prolific. I can't afford to let my my mind drift right now. I really have to focus. Well, and I think people really like to be in that flow state. It's yeah, something we all seek. Absolutely. And it's some people can hit it real quick as soon as they start moving their body yeah. and then they can integrate. the. It has a lot to do with learning while whilst moving right. rather than just simply running. So you're adding in challenges, problems, and creating solutions as you're moving. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you make yourself. And after that experience, you're able to be really open to hearing. Right, and which is what I was getting at when I was saying after that pressure, creed. like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you just go through all this stuff. And, and you all have emphasized this so many times that you learn more in that in that state. It's been documented right. that people learn better in the, I mean, and in, retain in the flow it. You actually state. retain yes. it. Yeah. Because you're solving problems. You're not just listening and regurgitating you're having to problem solve constantly and it's dynamic problem solving so the and it's problems not just about changing. your body yeah. it's this other person you're working with it's it's very which is it's very indicative of life right and so i feel yeah. like when it was being said to me like when i was in college that wasn't dynamic problem solving it wasn't it wasn't real it was well like every this. season has its pleasures right? right so in college you're ready for something else you're right. ready for another although some people are that's at an that interesting level way of putting that in <laughs> like college that. you haven't said that to me before well I like that's that jim rohn i didn't make yeah. that up so he he's a master I love we'll talk jim. about him later okay. we'll save all that for the last <laughs> segment jim and tony and gary the whole bunch we'll uh, talk about them yes. all um but but i feel like you know for me um the college scene was was more like this incubator and kind of pampered environment. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing these messages, but it, the pressure wasn't there. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't the same. Really, you had four businesses and a wife and two kids. There's no pressure. No, I'm saying when I was in college. Oh, that was college. Before. Yeah, in oh, college. Yeah, college. Yeah, when I'm hearing this message from like my 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 drum instructors, right. which is very physical, and it was all the same. Everything was the same. The details matter. A little finger movement here, a little. It changes everything. You know, if you're having problems executing this it's because of this small thing and 
all all the all the sayings were the same and the freedom is in the discipline i would hear that from these yeah. great drum instructors and i'd be like what the fuck does that mean like right. i don't <laughs> you know well I, it's I that concept that you always hear from professor you have to think about this same problem differently yeah. what does that take it takes a stretching right right it takes right. going into some unknown place that you've never been you've never seen you can't un- mm-hmm. you have to forge it so that is uncomfortable right because you're like i I always did it this way. I just picked up the leg and threw it over. But hey, it doesn't work with somebody like Tim. It's not going to work. <laughs> you still listening, Tim? Or Mauricio, anybody, <laughs> really, who's anybody yeah, who knows yeah. anything about jujitsu or just and strong in general. And that's the resistance, right? That's yeah, the there's a whole lot of stuff out there, you know, and you haven't forged, you haven't created the pathway yet. So until you actually can go into the forest and figure out, mm. hey, it's dark, kind of sucks, yeah. I don't understand it. I have to think, I always did it this way, and it, it's I'm getting the same results yeah again yes. and again and many people can say that for i mean you want to change it's not going to be easy it's going to be majorly hard right and it was it definitely was for me so coming out of school it didn't click and then i go into business for myself but i i was still following the same patterns right. that i had developed in school Well, we create a story that we right. stick to and we adhere to it, it was vehemently r- and i really feel like i didn't break that until i started training jujitsu mm-hmm. and because your story doesn't work when you train. Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah. It Everything shows up. Yeah, Everything like, shows up. You get oh, on the mat. Wow, I'm and so it's, selfish. It's, <laughs> this sucks. I, I, one of the things that happened earlier, it was an experience with you. Uh, we were training and, and you were like, I need you to relax a little bit. And I was like, I'm relaxed. And you were like, look at your knuckles. And they were like, <laughs> white. And I just, it, it occurred to me at that point, uh, like, I'm just a, I'm just a phony salesman. I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> like pitching my thing. And I was just like. That has to leave. I have to like let that go. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the people who very, often say it the most aren't really. They don't <laughs> genuinely have it yet. Right. But that's okay. That's part of it. No, it's that's part, part of, it. of it. But uh, yeah. But that's when it really clicked. And and fortunately for me, I started training when I did because I can guarantee all of you, I would have burned all of my businesses to the ground. Oh, I understand. And that. and <laughs> and hurt people in the process if if i hadn't so for me i started training it was like two hours a week then it was three hours a week then it was six hours a week then it was like 15 hours a week then it was like 20 hours a week and it was because the the other environments were so chaotic mm-hmm. i had to break away and just only think about one thing just completely like there's the concept of emptying the cup mm-hmm. which we do every time we come in we bow and it's uh, you know emptying the cup so you can take on more information. I guess I had a big cup <laughs> and there was constantly stuff coming into it because I just had to, I, it was like wiping the hard drive like multiple times a week because it was just so much going in. Yeah. And I really feel like if I hadn't have done that, if I hadn't have gone through that, like I wouldn't have the places that I still have. I wouldn't be sitting in this chair right now mm-hmm. with a smile on my face doing this. It was just, it just, well, I'm glad to hear protected that. Protected me That's in so many ways and armed me in so many ways uh, that now I I feel like really unstoppable. I mean, in I'm, I'll try to be a little humble, but <laughs> I really I'm like super. Humility's pumped. good. I feel I feel younger than I did before I started, and and uh, well, you've y- really taken on the journey, right? Yeah, you've, absolutely. You've well, it's it. taken me. I've just I it was there, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna ride this bus i'm gonna like go with it but you're steering the bus you're creating you're creating some i feel like more and more these days changes yeah yeah well i feel like more and more these days i'm really embracing the concept of not forcing things Mm -hmm. and responding to pressure which is a a major martial arts game changer yeah um whether you know especially if you got a big guy coming at you you're not going to be able to just move him so if he's pushing on you hard there's there's a point uh, there's an opening there somewhere and you have to take it. So I feel like lately I've really just been riding that. So it feels, and this is like the, the, the age old kind of Zen mentality do by not doing. So I don't feel like I'm pushing into things so much. Like I'm going for this. Things are coming at me and I'm just kind of like rolling with it. Uh-huh. And then it's taking me so many awesome places. It's really well, that's great. great to hear. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you for <laughs> that, welcome. for helping with that. On that note, uh, take some notes. Again, there is a quiz at the end. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with you with more really great information and just awesome vibes and stuff. Very soon, you're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. 
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Okay, we're back. And you know, I forgot to do something at the beginning. We could have done some jumpy jacks. We could have done a warm up. Oh, that like, would have been good. That would have been great. Yeah, right. I already sprinted here. Did you? <laughs> I, yeah, so that was that was my warm up. <laughs> I like a little pressure, a little I adrenaline. Did a, I did a mental sprint. Oh. So on the last segment, I was talking about my experience with martial arts. Let's talk about yours. How? Okay. What was your first martial arts encounter or lesson? Or uh, you sent me something. It was like some style I'd never heard of before. Yeah, There's a lot of them out there. So go ahead. I was on Hot Pursuit for a serious martial arts my entire college career. Actually, I had a roommate. Okay. I was thinking about it. Uh, she was doing some kung fu, and I was mm-hmm. like, she looked really good. Yeah. Her abs were just, gosh, we were at half short days. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, you know, Genevieve is looking. She's looking good. What are you doing? So she's like, I'm doing this kooky kung fu over on 30-something on the eighth floor. I was like, all right, I'm going to check it out. And we wore sneakers, and it was apparently Wu Mei Kung Fu is designed to fight with a baby on your back. And I love that shit. I was like, I'm low. I can do these torquey things. But then, you know, it got weird. He was like giving some of the students lingerie, and things got like very weird. Now we know where the babies came from. Yeah. Well, he. Anyway, I, I don't even know if that was all rumor, but right. like reality is that was probably my excuse why I stopped training. I probably was oh, like, okay. yeah, the abs are looking good. I'm ready to do, you know, the stand master. I mean, you you're a big advocate of intuition as well. True. <laughs> you have that if you're like, mm, no, yeah. But if I like, I told myself. It was because he was freaky, but yeah. maybe if I rewound the tape and really looked at it, I'd be like, oh, it's just flaking out. You yeah. know, it's hard. Know. Got a little hard. But then yeah. um, I did that for many years, and oh, no, I'm lying. I did that for like a year mm-hmm. off and on. And then oh, sometime later, I started Aikido, and there was an Aikido Dojo right by where I lived in Brooklyn okay. under Sensei Hal Learman. I trained with him for a little while, and I really liked it. I just lacked the commitment. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, you're so, you know, you're great, you're physical. He's like, but, but where's your. <laughs> commitment. I was like, I gotta go here. I and where there. was it? <laughs> it was all over the place. Yeah. It was in Brazil. It was me right. traveling the world, taking right. you pictures. Traveled a lot, right? I did a lot you of traveling. Did, yeah. Basically, from like twenty to twenty nine, I traveled like three months out of the year. Mm-hmm. So I was all about the go, go, go. Yeah. And I couldn't really stay committed. And even recently, I ran to somebody. He's like, Yeah, you're really good. You just he went to Black Belt. Mm-hmm. He's at PS One Fifty Four. You know, uh, Rich. Rich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was laughing Colosino. like, Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Rich Colosino in the house. Hey. Um, but then it was uh, I started kickboxing. Well, my husband really we had that kind of a breakthrough. Uh, it started with him training jujitsu, mm-hmm. and we were both acupuncturists and we were both personal trainers, and we went through acupuncture school together. But he started training jujitsu, and it was all it was really because <laughs> I don't know if he'll mind me saying this, but we <laughs> we stepped on a book in. The I have nothing to do with this, <laughs> professor. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we stepped on a book in Barnes and Noble, and it was the Gracie Way, and it was uh-huh. this picture of. Um, Hoist heading out to the first UFC and right. his facial expression and he was surrounded by his 
his people, his armor, like his, his, it looked like he was going to battle. He right. was going he really to battle. Was. Yeah. yeah. And it was such a striking picture. We just picked it up. And I think it had been happening already in my husband's head for a long time. And that was just like the spark. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can tell a different story, but that's what I remember. He'll, he'll have his chance. He'll have his yeah. day in the light. So he really led the way, and I was not into jujitsu. I was like, oh, oh. I, I'd spent yeah. some time in Brazil, and I remember laughing at all the guys hugging, short little <laughs> bad boy shorts, and I remember literally laughing about guys hugging for like two months while I was yeah. in Brazil. There's all those jujitsu guys in Rio, the big guys with the little bathing suits on the bus, everybody. I was like, this is comedy. I, I agree, but it's one of my favorite things in life these days. Yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you I had yeah. a preconception. Yeah. I, I judged something that I had no mm-hmm. knowledge of. And of course, I heard about the UFC. That was big. And um, anyway, so he started training. Got uh, I went from kickboxing. And then I just started getting over my my fear of jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. And then it just took hold. And there you have it. The rest is history. Yeah. And uh, awesome. yeah, it's it's been probably the, one of the greatest things I've ever done in my whole life. Not just as you said, because it's not just it's so little about it. It's physical. So right. much about That's it like is the hooks. And right. that was the thing for me that I, you know, we, and this is a great thing to discuss. You 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 were kind of the person that introduced added value to me as well uh-huh. in terms of business. I always just thought like, this is my product. I'm selling it. I'm a nice guy. Like, right. <laughs> And, and you started to talk about that. And I realized it for me that that was the, the thing was, it, sure, it's physical. Sure, you're going to get in better shape if you do a regular martial arts training. Which is great. Which is great, which yeah. we all need. Uh, but it was, it was the, the messages and it was the, the mentality that came along with it, which is so much bigger than the physical part. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm It's 80%, shape. apparently, that's what I hear. And I had no <laughs> clue. And, and I'm like, wait. I get this for free. <laughs> like the added value. Yeah, it's just right. like that is the you're going to work me. That you're going to you're going to make me better physically. I'm mm-hmm. going to be able to protect myself better and deal with situations better. But then it was like when when that veil was lifted and I was committed previously, but then I was like this is for life. Mm-hmm. This is like there's no turning back now. Uh, it was really amazing, and uh, I don't. Do you want to talk about added value for a minute? Because like you were the person that introduced it to me, so I feel like you you'd be a, a better person to, to discuss I, it than, sure. than me. When you say added value, do you mean how to make something? I'm not exactly sure like, precisely like, what like, you mean. Well, you introduced it to me in terms of business. Okay. Like you didn't you didn't pitch it to me at, like at the dojo. Like this is what you, this is the added value. You were talking to me about my restaurant and you were right. talking about added value and I was like, "What the hell is added value?" And well, then I, f- I realized it. It really came like I I saw it in your business and then I was like, "Oh, okay, how do I imitate that?" Okay. Well, I think a big breakthrough for me was when I you I heard from Tony Robbins, I did do that uh, course, one of the courses, and he said, you don't fall in love with your business, fall in love with your customer's needs. Mm. And that was a big eye-opener. It's like, yeah, it's not about me and my existence. Who cares? Nobody cares. They want want what the martial arts can offer them. Mm -hmm. And the less I am in the picture, the less my ego, me, Laurel Carroll from wherever, who cares, the less I show up like that, the more I show up like, this is the martial art virtues. I'm going to deliver them as cleanly as possible. Your kids are going to get results. Your kids are going to speak better. In po- they're going to be more polite. Your kids are going to feel better in their bodies. They don't care um, about you know arm bars and, right. and and they don't could care less. Right, which is like the product. <laughs> right, like you can so snap say, somebody's oh, you know, arm. Make, <laughs> make Johnny more. They really want Johnny to feel better. Right, Johnny's always my default <laughs> student, but from they, City Island. Johnny from City Island. Yeah, that'd be Johnny B or something <laughs> like that. <clears throat> but um, I think added value means, hey, guess what? There's a there's a ton of people out there doing great shit mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Sorry for the cursing. We curse. And okay. Okay. you should have heard Bobby's show. Oh, forget <laughs> it. Um, but if you want to come, if you want to offer a good product, you have to go way, way right. beyond okay. Nobody wants okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants good. Maybe if you're in the middle of nowhere'sville, but this is this is Brooklyn. So much talent. It's competitive Manha- is forget it's so it. crazy. And not just like Bobo people. I right. mean, really good people. Like world class. Every quarter Everything. you turn around, you're like, shit. And it just takes one mistake. Yeah. You know, it sets a cascade. So add a value. Every interaction is either closer to, closer to black belt mm-hmm. 
or you're going away from black belt. And in business, it would be like closer to that person being a dedicated customer of yours to that person's never coming back to your business again. Not in terms, not necessarily saying well, in terms I've of martial, like your business. I think of it as, hey, I'm robbing them the opportunity to get to black belt. Mm-hmm. I, vo- I value black belt. It's one of the most valuable things I've ever done in my right, whole life. Right. So if, if, if this interaction went sour and you're off the path, and I had something to do with it. Like if I don't come from that place, then I'm just I'm just selling. I might as well be selling, you know, lingerie. Like back to the lingerie. I might as well this, be selling lingerie. This guy had an impact. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if it's really literally, hey, I I know what it's like to get off course. I almost quit multiple times. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to even hide that. Yeah. And I saw the the juncture. It's like if I keep going the way I'm going, my little story and all my ideas. I'm going to have no jujitsu. I'm going to have no black belt. My family's going to be like not where it should and be. That, and that value disappears. Like not just. What's the value? I've already made this huge investment on brown and purple belt. Well, the, and the, 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 just the constant uh, gifts that it gives. Like mm-hmm. if you quit, you kind of pull yourself out of that. And I don't mean the physical necessarily. Sure, you might, you know, get in worse shape. If you stop training, but but, the, but there's something to be said for a committing through the shit, right? Yeah. It's the black belt. Mm-hmm. That's what right. I think everybody, it's not the piece of fabric. It's, Hey, Absolutely not. all these obstacles came up and you found the way to navigate you. So to me, it's like if, if something goes wrong in a su- silly email or a transaction, it, it, it becomes transactional and not really, if I forget why I'm actually doing mm-hmm. this, it doesn't work right it doesn't and people don't want that they want they really want you to connect they want help Mm -hmm. and whether they know it is help or not it's like you have to always have the value this is what i'm doing i'm here to create i'm here to help some people get through some stuff and the martial arts is the vehicle you could be doing something else I did it when I was an acupuncturist. I did it with needles. It is a great framework though Mm -hmm. and so it's definitely worked for me and then that was a great just segue into how like basically I ended up sitting in this chair was you sent me that Simon Sinek TED Uh talk the like historic Simon Sinek TED talk where he was breaking down like he was relating the three layers of the brain to like the three ways to the why communicate yeah it's the why if you don't know your why that was like that was so profound to me I just remember sitting on the couch and opening that video up and just being like oh like, right time, and right message, right yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and that that really that really set the whole thing off for me. Um, in terms of, and, and and you were saying it earlier, like you're you're either one step closer to getting your black belt or one step closer to quitting. And I and I've always found a, a, a. And by the way, I just want to say I don't mean black belt and you're good and you're done and you're perfect. Yeah, it's yeah, just no, endless, yeah. endless. Black belt and beyond. I have work it work to stop. do. I'm not saying I've stop. reached some pinnacle or, or anything. I've just gone through some stuff. Yeah. And I overcame it, and it gives me tremendous confidence. And I want that for people. Right. You know, just to say, hey, Everybody, I did yeah. it. Like and there's willing, a lot more to do. Yeah. It's not done. So. I've always found like once I got into I started listening to like Simon Sinek and Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk and people like that. I, I started to hear the same messages from them and at the dojo. But these guys are like all about business and you all are about developing yourself. And um, one of the things that led to and you were just describing it basically is like the infinite game. Uh, Simon Sinek's concept of the infinite game where like it's always happening you pull yourself out like you basically quit and he's talking about business mm-hmm. but uh, I, it's all the same it's all you the know, same if you it look really at everything is. is the same how do you behave in business how do you behave with your family how do you behave uh, in your other relationships mm-hmm. um, it, it should all hang on the same framework right and the martial arts is that like really awesome framework for me that was the thing that really made it it's click a lifestyle for me. right exactly. it's, it, it permeates and a, you can take that arts. and you move it to other places right so we're going to take another short break and we come back we're going to okay. we're going to delve into some other really awesome stuff that professor Are we? laurel has <laughs> <Okay>. done <laughs> with her with her time recently okay. we'll be back in just a few minutes you're listening to the entrepreneurial web Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. 
If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com I wish we could turn the camera on you and show your enthusiasm for the soundtrack. <laughs> She's rocking out. That's what. That's one of my tunes. I wrote that. Oh, that's I love it. That's from my band, Third Space. It was like our debut album from like 2008, my first self-produced album. And uh, Third Space is the band? Third Space is the name of the what band. What is the Third Space? The Third Space is, so it, it came from a Canadian literary work. It was this guy writing about uh, African refugees in Toronto. And he was talking about how you know, they left the place where they were from, which was very poor and desolate. And they came to Canada, to Toronto. I think it was Toronto. Could be mistaken. Um, and they were immersed in this completely different environment, completely foreign. And they could never be that, like, wholeheartedly because it was just so far removed from what they came from. But they were probably never going back mm-hmm. to where they came mm-hmm. from. Or I if they see. did, they would never look at it the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's what the third space is. It's that space you ocu- occupy when you're no longer that person you were uh you're you're like the future version of yourself which is another that's pretty deep yeah yeah Yeah. i just was i that it was a point in my in my life where i was this is like pre-children and everything pre-businesses and i was just reading like constantly you know sometimes i was on i was on the train (laughs) all the time i was commuting into the city every day and and I would I would burn through like three books a week, and it was all nonfiction. Uh, I was reading about the World Bank. I was just like whatever I could get my hands on. You know, that's it was, cool. It it's was good really to have that passion, that yeah, curiosity. Yeah, it really it really laid a lot of framework, that mm. foundation, framework, foundation. We were talking about framework earlier, and jujitsu being just like, especially jujitsu. Talk about like framing, this, right? This <laughs> <laughs> talk about framework. So elbow, knee, elbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and particularly jujitsu has just like such a great framework um, for for your life. And I, re- I remember asking Professor Carroll about this recently, um, why jujitsu has really captivated people in a way that, say, kickboxing hasn't or other martial arts that are very popular. And he said because of the commitment, like the commitment that it takes just to get through a class mm-hmm. where like somebody you might not know at all or know very, you know, not know very well is on top of you. I mean, the smell is real, the sweat, you yeah. know, it like can get super, super uncomfortable. Uh, and I remember t- after taking my first advanced class and experiencing Randori for the first time, I hugged those guys so genuinely. <laughs> I was just like, I can't believe we just did that. And like I survived because they were big. They were big yeah. guys too. And all of them were experienced. And I was just like, I really get this now. And, and, and it's like the most sincere handshake or hug you can give somebody that you, you know, you're not in a physical relationship with. It's like so, so sincere. And well, I think people come together when you overcome challenges in together. In a real, real way. So every, every yeah. class is a challenge. And then you could see the, com- the, the, the spirit, the sp- like esprit de corps yeah. or whatever, how people come together and mm-hmm. they have multiple challenges throughout the day. Even the juniors classes, you see how it's designed yeah. so that there's obstacles and, and solutions and, and, you know, it creates a bond. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. Even you don't have to be friends with anybody, but you have that, hey, I'm going to stand up for this person. I will. St- I got your back. Because my, we've 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 kind of gone to battle together yeah, yeah. in a way. My brother sent me this really funny meme because he still trains, and it was uh, 
it was it was a jujitsu thing, and this, the guy was like, "This is this is my buddy. We train together. We do all this stuff." Da da da. And the other person's like, "What's his name?" He's like, "I don't know," <laughs> but they were like best friends because they train together. He's like, "I yeah. don't even know his name, but this is like my brother." Well, he stand in up ours. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of uh, community working together, group work, tell us about your Tony Robbins experience. This was this was pivotal for me. She went, but it had a huge impact on me. It was <laughs> I crazy. I can't believe that. I'm like, <laughs> so really? Awesome. Tony Robbins? Tony, ah. His outreach. Talk about added value. Uh. <laughs> Well, I was, um, I was kind of, I was at a, a tipping point. I just turned 40 and I knew the course I was on was leading to destruction. And I, that's really personal, but it's true. Yeah, and I didn't the like the path time. I was on. Mm-hmm. I just said, you know what, at this rate, I'm not going to be anywhere near excellent at this mm-hmm. pace. And uh, actually my husband showed me a little ad on the phone. I've been thinking about it and he was just like, and it was one of those moments where I was like, yeah. And then I had to sit and digest it for a while. I had to ruminate over it and think about it, make the commitment. And I'd done landmark education. I did the forum and the education. It was was very much, I've done a lot of work. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, landmark. uh It's, it's actually right around here. It's on the 30th street. So it's, um, it's kind of like going to battle with yourself. You have to go in this forum where you pull up all, you take, you take ownership of everything you've ever done on the, in this earth and you call a bunch of people and you lay out your soul. Really? It's, It's, it's for real. Whoa, it's for that's real. Crazy. That's what people in like AA do. And stuff yeah. Like that. Wow. And you do it in a room with like 500 people. And um, I, I thought it was a game changer. So I had already done work like that. Mm. But doing it, you have to implement it. So yeah. I implemented some of the changes. One of the biggest ones is just be true to your word. Mm. And that says, sounds so easy. That's one of the hardest know, things in life to do. Hard it doesn't sound easy. Yeah, it does sound oh. easy. Hey, just do what you're taking to do. Every day I'm reminded like how hard that yeah, is. That's yeah, a, if you can do that consistently, you build up a lot of power. Sure, sure. And if you don't, like you lose. Yeah, you yeah. Beca- yeah, so I'm every day working on that. Um, but so anyway, Tony Robbins, it was a small group. It was 500 people. And I had to make a bit of an investment into it. It was sure. a little bit pricey. Right. But uh, you know what? It was much like the forum in a party environment. It was like the landmark forum, but there was music and strobe lights and <laughs> friends. And we, uh, I didn't bring come with friends, but like you're immersed with people. Right. And you suddenly get, you, you have like... You get grouped up. And yeah, you just turn around and look at the people next to you. They have you doing all kinds of things with strangers, like massaging their shoulders. And we're doing these <laughs> think tanks. We're up at midnight, like coming up with plans. We became the marketing mavericks. Like, uh-huh. And I still talk to these people. One of the women like created acro yoga and another... I mean, there's just like a talent pool of people and um it was a great experience and it helped me take myself seriously it so was what were some of the things you got from it that really like you feel like this is this came directly from that and helped me like and and at work but also just in life um systems dri- driven mm-hmm. very much yeah. about um understanding your systems creating tight systems mm-hmm. and the main thing implementing them you can have all the greatest right, ideas in right. the world <laughs> but if you don't put them into play forget about well, it's it it's like, not gonna happen kind of like jujitsu right yeah you can you can be studying the arm bar you can write it down a million right. times but if you don't put it you into can't play do it. Who cares? right yeah um that was a big one clarity is power i mean mm. he, he's just so many sayings he has but i think the breakthrough was knowing like you are the f- you your business starts and ends with how good you are mm-hmm. if you're not getting better guess what your business is not getting better. Yeah. So yeah. you don't really want to be the egomaniac head of your business. You just need to be right, getting which is not smarter. The requirement. Yeah. No, that is actually the inverse. Yeah, right. That's about you, you, you. That's the person that's not getting better. No. They're like, I'm getting no. better. Yeah, no, yeah. Know Tooting who you want to help and mm-hmm. why you want to help them. If you can figure out what you're doing and why, everything comes together. I wasn't really sure right. what I was doing and, and why. And that's like the whole know your why. Right. Yeah. And he... He brought up the. He was the yeah. one who laid that out, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Actually, the business I'm really in. Mm-hmm. What business are you really? In? Right. The business I'm really in is is genuinely helping people, and this is just the vehicle. And that was like, and that's been the constant reoccurring theme on here that I've I've gotten from so many people. It's pe- that people are actually aware of that, and yeah. I wasn't aware of that. And, you know what I was yeah, doing. Yeah, well, they what don't teach us this stuff do in too. school. And right, I right, exactly. Know, I don't know why. So or I, even our, you know, my children. It's like, what are you doing and right. why? What do you want to do? Right, talk about Figure that. it out. Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. And before you go to Tony Robbins, you get this like dossier of things you have to fill out. 
and putting your goals on paper, having to sit there and like all you want to do is scratch or run around or, or vacuum the floor or <laughs> a million excuses, walk the dog, and you have to sit there and like tap your pencil, yeah. which is what all the great people say. You have to schedule the free time. Warren Buffett, schedule the free time. He takes like two phone calls a day. The rest of the time he's reading. Right. And hey, you know what? You have to sit there and think, and that can be really hard, sure. hard, this is painful, distracted society right now. We have yeah. very short attention spans. And where spans you don't want to look is where you suck, and that's where you really have to go. So another another great quote I hear often is the the thing that what is what is what do you all say? There's so the many. The thing that you need to work on the most, the thing that you're avoiding the most is probably the, the thing you need to work on the most. It's something to that effect. That is, I mean, that's the reality. We have the, the um, we have, we have our blind spots, right? We have things yeah. we want to avoid. We have the things that we want to run from mm. and all the work is there. Like having the conversation that you don't oh, want to have. Oh, the uncomfortable conversations. Comes up all the time that comes up like, all the time. Like, oh my God. I don't want to have this conversation, but right. life I've will taken be that on the flip side. I used to dread the conversations uh, and now I'm, I'm like, you know what? This is exciting there. because how can you really steer people towards figuring it out, mm-hmm. you know, without being like, I'm yeah. telling you, this is for you. No, no, you got to figure it out, but you got to ask the right questions so that they can do that. Um, yeah, that was the experience. It was fun. It was great. It took, it, you know what? It made me take myself seriously. It was kind of the little external kick in the pants. I already got right. the black belt and it was like a month after I got the black belt. And even my husband said to me, you know what? I can give you a black belt, but you have to give yourself right. a black belt and it's time. <laughs> well, it's time you do that. Right. And, and step it, up. And you came back. I remember seeing you on the sidewalk and you were just like so energized and you were telling me that and I'd seen ads for Tony Robbins and I was just like, Who's this guy? You know, I'm it not was the right timing. And it, it just had such an impact on me. And then you sent me the Simon Sinek video. And then right after in the feed of that was a Gary Vaynerchuk video who I used to watch wine reviews from when I was just exclusively selling wine. But it had been over two, 10 years since I'd watched the dude. And I was like, oh, Gary Vaynerchuk, let me see what he's what he's up to. And then like the dude's like crazy now, like, a you know, he's got this major media company. And literally the reason I'm sitting in this seat right now is because on that video, he was like, you should start a podcast, invite on people that you like, admire and, and connect things together and, and just talk. And and that will help you in whatever it is you want to do. Yeah, there's so a lot of talented people. There are so many. And I j- it's just like, learn. like it's such endless. a major epiphany that that came through your experience. Well, and you. it just like, again, it was like the spear going through my body. And it, it's just been the catalyst for so many things. Uh, so I'm super grateful to you and your husband and, and you. the school. Tell, tell everybody. Thank you. We'll tell everybody yeah. where they can learn about uh, Sun Dojo. Uh, quickly, we just have a moment more. Okay. I want you to get Sun get, Dojo's in Brooklyn. Yeah. It's in Windsor Terrace. And we're right on Prospect Avenue, Windsor Terrace. You can find us on sundojo.com. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. It's a game changer. Don't be not, scared. Actually, you know scared. what? It's, I mean, a, it's okay to a be scared. Bit. And that's fine. That's part of it. That's our confidence be is that of, we're scared. Be and scared you know, of Tim. Well, no, I love Tim. <laughs> it, be scared and do it anyway. That's how yeah. we really gain the courage and the confidence on the other side. And it, that's you know what we always say. Well, I don't say as much as Professor Final Carroll. quote. Yeah. What's he it going to be? Let's hear it. Your future self will thank you. Your future self will thank you. I can't think of a better way to end. I told you at the beginning, <laughs> you it was going to be a great way to start your weekend. Act on it. it. It will change your life. Not just physically. You'll feel better. You'll look better. It will change your mindset. It will protect you from doing harm to yourself and to the people around you. It's been huge for me. I literally wouldn't be sitting here without it. So oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So honored that you came on the oh, show. Oh, <laughs> have a great weekend, everybody. Take it. Go. Do. Peace. <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi. 
I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 